My name is Mark Chalmers, and I'm president and CEO of Energy Fuels. And Energy Fuels is a unique company in the fact that um, we are building a critical mineral hub in the United States, and that hub will uh, and, and currently recovers uranium, vanadium, and the rare earth oxides, and potentially uh, radium-226 in due course. So uh, unique investment. Always good to be here and catch up with you, Mr. Gord. Well, Mr. Chalmers, um, I'm ashamed I, I, I couldn't quite make it to your open day the other day. You had a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life um, up at site and up at site looking at the White Mesa Mill. So um, tell us a little bit, bit about who turned up and what were the kind of big questions of the day? Well, I mean, we had a, a couple hundred people. White Mesa is a hard place to, to get to. Um, we had um, a lot of people from the local communities that are really interested in the progress we're making. But really, uh, our, our, our biggest celebrity was Miss America. And uh, Miss America was also in uh, at WNA, and she is a uh, nuclear engineering student. She's, uh, I think, got one class left, uh, and also Miss America. So we, we flew her in to... Uh, uh, to Blanding, and she gave a talk, and she is incredibly smart gal, um, and and it was it was it was well received. It, it was well received. We uh, she was also at WNA um, back in September in in London. Um, great stuff. But, but in terms of um, I guess brokers and analysts, I tech I suspect um, also um, politicians. I mean, give me give me a sense of. Who was there and what, did the, what they wanted to find out? Well, I mean, we we, we, we had some brokers and analysts um, in, in uh, you know, Sprott, BMO, um, Jefferies, uh, Red Cloud, uh, A.C. Wainwright uh, were there. Uh, we're a little light on the politicians because they were in session at the time and they also were kind of recovering from the, the, the pending government shutdown. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, um, again, well-attended. Um, we had a number of indigenous people come to the um, open house. Uh, uh, we really showcased, uh, you know, the, 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 the construction activities that we have at the mill and uh, also the foundation that we put in place a couple of years ago, which is getting real significant momentum. Right. OK. And then let's, talk, let's talk about the kind of critical minerals help components of this. Right. So you, you got two things going on here. You, you, you kind of got the uranium element and you got the rare earth component. So let's let's go. Let's focus on uranium for, for now. It's on the up. Price seventy five bucks. It's it's moving through the phases um, at the moment. People are super excited now. Um, how do, how does this play out? Do you look back to two thousand, you know, eight eight nine ten eleven as as a comparison, or does this feel like something new? Well, I. I, I think it plays out that, you know, you've got to get the fully loaded pricing uh, that that pays for a replacement pound. And um, and and that has to include capital. So I think that what what I'm seeing is, you know, the, the fact that it's it's hard to mine uranium. It's expensive to mine uranium. Uh, there's technical risks for mining uranium and we need to get up to that new incentive price, which which I believe is well $80 a pound or north of that um, at the very least. And I think that a lot of projects need well more than $80 a pound uh, to ever come up with an economic outcome. So, but what, I, what I'm seeing here is I think in general terms, if you go back to that, say 2006, seven, eight uh, time period, uh, the market is slightly better prepared um, than they were uh, back then. But on the other hand, 
uh, you know, you have these 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 years have gone by, and there's been a lot of high grading, and a lot of the good deposits are being mined out. Uh, you know, not not not. I mean, around the world, a lot of the deposits have been mined out or getting closer to being mined out. And then you've got this this new focus on increasing demand and reducing uh, carbon emissions, a number of different dynamics. So, um, but I, I think that the 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 bottom line is that yeah, the price is going up. It still needs to go up, and we need to get to an equilibrium where people are issuing contracts at that incentive price. I mean, the contracts haven't caught up to the spot price at this point. Right. Okay. And how? What do you expect to happen? Because I've had like a few conversations recently, and the other industry uh, commentators that we got Guy Keller at Tribeca, John T. Pagda at Spot Physical Union Trust, but Dustin Gower who advises a few few companies. They feel that as we're moving into a seller's market, it's been long time buyer's market. Um, and if, if they are correct in that assumption of moving into a seller's market, it feels that the, some of the companies waiting for this incentive price, whatever theirs may be, are prepared maybe to wait just that little bit longer for an extra five bucks here or an extra 10 bucks here. If, if it, if. It is indeed a seller's market. How, how do you feel about the market at the moment? Yeah, I think it is a seller's market, and it's certainly shifted. And um, I mean, even in our case, we're of the mind that you know time is your friend. You know, when it comes to uranium prices, and um, so you know, I think everybody is reluctant to sell uranium when the price is moving up this quickly uh, because again, you got to replace that pound, and and that replacement pound has to come at a cost that, that is, you know, at least incentive price or greater. So, uh, no, it, it, look, it's always um, interesting dynamics in the uranium space. And, you know, I, I see there's, uh, you know, certain amount of panic starting to happen, um, you know, globally uh, and, 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 and rightly deserved because I think the reality is that, you know, we're in this certainly a bull market. And at the same time, we've got to see people start producing to fill these contracts that have been signed over the last few years. And history repeats itself. And I always say this, that a number of newer projects, even older projects, are going to have a hard time delivering uranium that they're, they're advertising. Well, yeah, I think, again, I think that's much talked about and certainly much debated, certainly in the conversations I've been having the last couple of weeks, which is that... The numbers as advertised in the well, see, I'm looking at the nuclear um, fuel report to my right here um, may not be quite as they 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 seem um, in the sense that um, pounds may not actually be there. Certainly, the grades may not be there, um, and you know that's going to cause cause problems if you, even if you do have the technical know-how, which not 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 many um, teams do. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Where does that put companies who can in in terms of the chemicals we get, they are producer, and they, they obviously their quarterly was out, out, out today. That 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 call was, uh, I think, well well received in terms of what it indicates um, for the market, and that on in terms of that color, you know, um, I think I think people are feeling that we're sort of as you say moving up um, between that sort of seventy and ninety dollar range. Um, what do you need to do as a company to put yourself best best position to take advantage? of the scenario you've just described to us and the price point you've just described to us? Well, I, I think you got to really know what your costs are, right? And you got to know what your production capability is in reality. You've got to know what your recoveries are. Um, and and, and, and that, that's, that's harder on a new project 
It's harder on new projects that are, you know, got aggressive timelines uh, to scale up at, at rapid rates. Um, and look, it, it's hard on all projects. But, you know, in, in, in our case, you know, we've got projects that have produced for decades and we know the cost and, you know, we know the technical risk and whatnot. So I think I think one of the, you know, it, it becomes a bit of a leap of faith on some of these new projects that, um, you know, very aggressive scale up and uh, and don't have necessarily all the technical factors fully defined. It, it's a bit of a crapshoot. It's a bit of a crapshoot. OK, but, but I think the damage that that could do to the market is, is significant. I, I, I get the company's first time at it need to kind of, you know, get after the headlines, you know, drive that share price up. Um, and and took a good game with regards to being able to get into production within a, in a reasonable time frame, but the damage to the industry, because given the, the 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 size of the market is tiny and such few players in terms of those advanced development stories, um, I mean, do you, does that concern you at all? Because it, it's it's going to impact people's ability further down the line to one kind of get contracts, maybe you know get access to that money because people are going to. So look to these failures. Ultimately, well, these you know what, what, what you're describing as failures. Yeah, look, look, I think I think the the the, the proven players that have been doing this for uh, you know lots of years um, will be fine because you know they've got a good handle on all this stuff. But but yeah, I mean, I think that 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 some um, you know these contracts won't be fulfilled, and then there will be a scramble. Of how do you fill them? And um, so, you know, my only advice I'd give to the utilities is recognize that there are risks here and not all risks are uh, equal when you start signing uranium contracts. I mean, everybody has a good story uh, and it sounds very convincing, um, but, but, but the, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to actual delivery. And, and what I'm concerned with is, um, you know, there will be these, 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 these shortfalls. And and how are they going to get covered? Right. Okay. Well, well, I guess they analyze the opportunity for those who can. Um, in in that sense, you know, we've had again lots of commentary about you know what's important to be focused on. Japanese restart seems to be what Mr. Rule uh, is is looking forward to. Others are you know um, looking at the situation in Niger and saying obviously that's that continues to be problematic. Others are you know looking at Kazatom Prom. Sending most of what they produce um, to the to the Far East. So, where does that put the North American players? Where does that put the North American buyers um, in in terms of that kind of where price moves and how quickly price moves? Again, there there's only so many producers out there, and um, you know I think that you know there is a greater appreciation, uh, obviously, for you know uh, production that's coming out of uh, allied countries. Um, in, in, in and around the world. Uh, you know, I, I don't really always see that reflected in, you know, the willingness to pay for that uh, again, but there's at least an appreciation. And, and you know, you're seeing, um, you know, you're seeing a number of initiatives that are maturing, uh, particularly in the United States government and House and Senate in terms of supporting uh, domestic production. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I think the reality in, I, I've talked about this a bit in the past um, five years ago when we did the section 232, you know, when you, when you talk to utilities and stuff, they said, we don't care at all where that product's coming from. We don't care. As long as we get it, it we're always going to get it. 
it's reliable and all that. And they're not saying that publicly anymore. And, um, and that's a, that's a big step in itself. I also think that the bipartisan support that you're seeing, um, around the world, I mean, particularly in the United States is, is, is very refreshing. And I, I think a number of these initiatives that are, you know, coming through the, the U.S. government are actually going to happen this time uh, with very, very, very strong support. Yeah, that, well, I saw the uh, White House putting his, putting his hands out for a $2.2 billion in terms of on the enrichment um, last week. Um, I assume that's going to be passed without too much um, controversy. Um, let's get back to you. Sorry, I'm talking money. Let's go back to you. You've, you have been bolstering your balance sheet over the past couple of years at... At moments in the market where you felt it, it was opportunity uh, to share price was was strong, um, you're sitting on how much money now, and you know w- what's what's the plan? What what are you going to be doing with it? Is it still a wait and see in terms of where your aim goes, and you know what you need to be doing on the on the rare earth side? But how are you viewing the on shit? Yeah, look, it's, it's a combination of things, uh, Matt. Um, I mean, we we we'll. we'll announce our financials here in a few days. Uh, so I can't get too far into that, uh, at this stage, but, uh, you know, again, last reporting period, we had 135 million of, of working capital. Uh, now that's a defined per gap. Uh, but when you look at things like the note, we have an encore, uh, you know, the shares we hold and what's soon to be ISO energy, um, you know, and our inventory values and stuff, it's well North of $200 million. Um, you know, and, and, and part of, part of, part of the reason we, we've got such a strong balance sheet is, is we're preparing ourselves uh, for execution of our strategy, but also we're, we're also looking at a number of M&A targets that, that make sense for us, both in the uranium space and the rare earth space. And having a strong balance sheet in the cash, uh, gives us more strength on, on how we progress there. It- yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of people hurting out there, and not necessarily because they're bad assets, but because they're cash constrained and they're not able to do anything with with the good assets that they've got. So um, it's 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 a it's a buyer's market from in in that sense um, here rather than seller's market as as it was in nuclear. But just just want to just finish before we kind of jump into the rare earths bit with with the uranium components. Obviously, you've got a you've got a lot lots of multiple assets here. Is it just a pure waiting game on that one until you kind of get that kind of price discovery, which works for you. And if so, do you have a sense of the kind of time frame there or because of the cash balance you think actually we, we, we can sweat this one out? Well, we, you know, we're going back into production um, at the Pina Plain mine and at the LaSalle uh, complex, which, which is a, a number of um, mines that are connected. So probably three, four mines and, um, you know, we, we signed these original contracts uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, and and if you looked at it from, a uh, you know, what, what our production capacity is uh, between all those projects, you know, it's probably 30%, 40% of that, those projects. So, so we're actually getting mines uh, ready and operable uh, without that production being contracted because we're confident that those, um, these prices will, will continue. And there will be opportunities to sign contracts when we're ready. So, you know, one of, one of the problems is you can't always wait for that perfect moment. And momentum is important. Uh, getting the people in place, 
getting the procedures in place. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't wait. And, and, and we, we're, we're not waiting. And, and again, because we have the balance sheet that we have, we're able to execute right now. And we're not afraid to go into production um, with these various assets uh, in sort of a staged approach. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. And then so coming back to your point around M&A in terms of it's a buyer's market from that that sense with with well obviously you got to be you got to want the asset you got to feel that it, it can actually get into production at some point but uranium will i guess let us know when you kind of when you've identified something that you, you like I'm, I'm kind of intrigued on the the rare earth side because if i if i look at the heavies at the moment yeah heavy sounds at the moment it's pretty tough out there prices are down um you know kind of across across the board there must be some buying opportunities for you because I think in terms of getting that balance between you know um, you know future inventory levels or access to supply levels for the future, that's got to be high on the agenda, high high on your mind uh, in terms of what you need to maybe take advantage of right now. Is it? Yeah. Well, uh, again, um, yeah, uranium is seems to actually it's shifted because. A year or two ago, the rare earth seemed to be ahead of the uranium, you know, uh, in terms of investor interest, and the prices were high for the rare earths. Uh, uranium was low, and now uranium's gone high, and, and uh, rare earths has come back materially from where it was a couple of years ago. So, again, because, you know, we're diversified between these these two sectors, um, you know, it gives it, it we, 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 we're able to buffer that uh, quite effectively. And uh, yeah, we see that yeah, uranium assets have certainly gone up in value, um, but at the same time, with uh, you know reductions in values of uh, of the rare earths and in in some cases the heavy mineral sands, uh, that creates a, a a better buying opportunity for us with our strength, with our balance sheet and and our our strong share price. So it, it it's it it it's it varies a bit, but it again I think supports the. The, the, the strategy we have, which is, uh, you know, diversification across these critical minerals um, and, and uh, allowing us to capitalize uh, in the swings that happen in the course of a year or two or three. Right. Okay. Okay. So I guess you can't say much. You, 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 you say you've got announcements coming up um, soon. So maybe we'll, we'll sort of wait to see what you kind of come to market with um, on, on that front. Um, so Mark, I appreciate time today. Feels feels good. Feels a little bit exciting on the uranium front because kind of that kind of tension is feels genuine. And I'd say that you know I think people's expectation around price is that it will keep moving because these as you've articulated, the supply side is is feeling a little bit wobbly in some places. So uh, we shall see what happens. Well, Matt, again, um, uh, it's always interesting. I mean, I've been doing this for a few years, um, but again, I I think. Um, you know, if you believe in the energy transition, you believe in the need to decarbonize and electri uh, electrification improvements, in electrification. You know, we're a unique spot, and um, and and again, you know, we're not trying to be all things to all people, but you know, our business plan is unique, and and we're very proud of that business plan, and we've just got to continue to execute and show the market that uh, it's going to be world material and and how we execute. So, uh, big plans. Um, uh, we're moving, we're, we're, we're running hard, uh, but we've still got a lot of work to do. 